You're listening to the Mind Your Business Podcast, episode number 176. Today, I'm gonna show you how to become unfriggin' stoppable in your business. So, stay tuned. Hi, I'm James Wedmore, and I've built a multiple seven-figure internet business that offers the financial freedom to do what I want, when I want. And I'm the first to say that hard work and hustle are not essential ingredients for your success. So how do you build a thriving business from the inside out? Now with over 1.2 million downloads, this is the Mind Your Business Podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? James Woodmore here, and welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Business Podcast. I am your host with the most, James Wedmore. Hey, look, I made a rhyme. I'm a poet, and I didn't even know it. Happy Monday. How are you doing? Thank you so much for being here. I've got another guest expert interview to share with you today. It's a duo, my good friends, Colin and Sarah Boyd, husband and wife, Team, hashtag power couple, they actually came into the office and we just wrapped up a fantastic interview, a chat, a discussion all about being resilient and being unstoppable. And it's so funny how this has come up as a theme. And so I'm going to take you through some stuff. So first of all, Sarah goes in and shares in this episode a three-step process for what to do to get out of um, whatever, you know, life, right? Like life gets in the way, life shows up and she takes you through a powerful three-step process that you can use, that I've basically used my own version of to not let life stop you. Now this is a this is an important episode because we all have things in our life and there's actually one thing that I haven't really shared publicly and I don't I don't really know why I haven't shared it publicly. I shared it with some of my clients. But I think I'll I think I'll share it here. I mean, why not? And so, you know, here's this this episode and Sarah's going to share her beautiful story and you know, some of the challenges, major challenges that she's gone through and how that hasn't stopped her. It's really empowered her. It's, it's honed her. It's strengthened her. It's given her what she needed to be the person that she is today. And that type of new perspective and insight is just powerful. And so, you know, that's what we're talking about. And so something that I haven't shared yet is that a few weeks ago, I went and spoke at one of my good buddies, live event, Tribe, Stu McLaren, and his event, Tribe Live. And it's in Canada, so it's in Toronto, Canada. And so, and we were, <laughs> we were just going through our launch. So it was already like, you know, you're away from the launch team as you're going to an event and then you're going to go speak. And I think it was within 30 minutes to an hour of getting into my hotel room that I checked my phone and noticed that there's like six missed calls from my little sister and I call her back and that's when she tells me the news that my dad has had multiple strokes and that was pretty tough. That was definitely uh, not news that I was excited to hear. And when you're in another country, in a hotel room, you know, just like miles and miles and miles away from your 
family and you're a day or two away from speaking on stage in front of 600 people. And then you had, there was another trip of course that I was going on after that. And then all the while you're launching, that was, you know, that was kind of like a perfect storm and not easy. Now the good news is that my dad had a very speedy recovery. Thank God. You know, here I am, my dad's gotten better and um, I'm checking in on him and seeing him all the time and and it's it's great and you know you almost start to just like it's back to normal as usual kind of you know back to the normal routine and grind and things and and sometimes it doesn't go back you know sometimes it it doesn't go back to normal I think today's conversation is going to be a really powerful one for having a sense of resiliency in your life to be able to bounce back I'm not talking about just bounce back into business after something, but just bounce back as a human being who has the courage and who has the strength to keep going, to keep living your best life, no matter what has happened. And so I think you're gonna, if you know, if any of that comes up as something relevant to you or something you maybe even just think about, I think this is gonna be a powerful episode for you. But one other thing that it was actually came up this week as well, that just is so like, you know, synchronistic that all of this is kind of unfolded in a very similar time. So a few days ago, one of our clients in one of my coaching programs reached out and said, uh, left a comment saying, James, you said that on a call recently, which I had said that you have us all beat. You have us all beat on the amount of mistakes and failures that you've out mistaked us. You've out failured us, but you never really gave any examples. Do you mind sharing? And it's true. And I don't really talk about them here too much. And so the first reply to this comment was, you know, ha ha ha, how much time you got? And then I just took a moment and I reflected and I kind of went through the timeline of my career as an online entrepreneur, just the online entrepreneur, like just the last 10, 11 years. And the list went on and on and on to the point where I think I'm going to create an episode for you guys in the future, listing out all those mistakes because it really caught with the other members of the group in that they really (laughs) saw like, wow, a lot of mistakes, a lot of failures. And so, you know, I've had things where people I've worked with have stolen thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. I think it was 20 to $30,000 one freelancer stole from us. I've had so many failed businesses, failed ideas, software apps, products that I just didn't know what I was doing, even just ventures that just had no monetization plan whatsoever. So many mistakes. And so many of the members, when they saw each one of these individually written out, they were kind of like taken aback. Like, holy cow, man, (laughs) like that's a lot of stuff that's happened to you. And one thing I really want to note None of those mistakes, there are a lot of them. None of those define me. None of those have any meaning to me today. There's no attachment to them. They're just, they're all things in the past that have happened that groomed me, that honed me, that prepared me, that taught me what I needed to learn so that I wouldn't repeat them. And some of those, I'll just be quite honest, I had to learn them a few times. There's a few lessons in there that were like, well, that was the same one, I just didn't learn it, didn't learn it again, didn't learn it again. And I share all that with you as I shared it with them is because I think so many of us are trying to avoid mistakes. We're going into business, we're going into life, and we're holding back. We're trying to avoid the mistake. We're trying to avoid the failure. And we don't play full out, we're playing small. It's like we're tiptoeing along. And 
I think that's so backwards because it's the more failures I've had, the more it guaranteed my success. And I know that's kind of cliche. It's cliche because it's true and you hear it all the time, but how often are we actually showing up that way with a complete detachment of how it's going to go? being okay, whether it looks messy or you look stupid or you make a mistake or you get judged or criticized and realizing that one of two things going to happen if you play full out. Number one, option A, you're either going to get the result you wanted or option B, you're going to get the lesson that you needed. But if you tiptoe around fearing to make a mistake, staying in indecision, staying stuck, overwhelmed and not taking the action, you're not going to get either. You're going to get more reasons why you're not ready, why it's not time, why you shouldn't do it. And that doesn't help anyone. So if I can invite you and encourage you to play full out, be messy, make the mistakes, make the failures and understand that these failures, first of all, interpretation that you've made up anyways, but all these things that happen to us can strengthen us, especially when you have the tools, then Maybe you could go into something just a little bit more eagerness, a little bit more excited because you know that it's just going to get you that much closer to where you want to go. And with the help of Sarah and Colin today, maybe you too will be a little bit more equipped to have the tools you need to be more resilient, to bounce back quicker and to be unfriggin' stoppable in business and in life. All right, so let me tell you a little bit about my guests on the show today. First of all, Sarah is an expert in personal resilience, courage, and creativity, and she's the founder of Resilient Little Hearts, a movement dedicated to using story time for equipping the next generation. And her husband, Colin Boyd, is an international speaker and communication expert. And what makes Colin unique is his obsession around helping influencers to communicate their ideas in a way that makes people take action. Now, both Colin and Sarah have two children and they're Aussies, so no one's perfect, (laughs) but they have moved out to California. I'm kidding, Australia. I really am. Okay, but they have moved out to Southern California. So not only are they neighbors to me, not only are they really good friends, they're also super awesome, amazing members of the Inner Circle Mastermind that I run. And I'm just so proud and honored to have them because they help to make that group just incredible and extraordinary. And now today, for the first time, I'm so excited to introduce them to you. So without further ado, let's roll that interview right now. All right, I'm here with Colin and Sarah. Hi. Hi, hi how you guys doing? <laughs> they're, in, they're in Wedmore HQ today, and I have them both here, but they're both sharing one microphone. It's awesome. Good thing you guys like each other. <laughs> We're very close. Basically, our mouths are touching. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, all right, how are you guys doing? Doing good. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful day. I mean, you couldn't be doing bad in uh, Southern California right now. We've got the ocean view right here. It's pretty nice weather. Waves have been up. Have you, yep. have you been wave. Have you been out surfing at all? Two days ago. Yeah, it was good. Did you go to the wedge? Uh, no. <laughs> it's too big. <laughs> I didn't the wedge. Die. Yeah, yeah, I don't blame you. If you guys just don't know the wedge, go Google it and you'll... Colin likes to go surfing at the wedge, which is just like suicide mission right there. <laughs> I don't... You're crazy. That's insane. Like there's ambulances just parked there for people yeah. like you. All right. What are we talking about today? It just freaks me out when I hear that. 
Oh yeah, you're supposed you're not supposed to know. Yeah, no, he doesn't tell me how dangerous it is. He just goes out. Oh, Sarah, it's like serious dangerous. Like literally they just camp out ambulances there That's waiting for people. Big. Sorry, man. Yeah, yeah. Just, the, the news crew are usually there in the morning to uh-huh. capture it. So, yeah. They want to be first at the crime scene, yeah. basically. Yeah. <laughs> the wedge takes another victim. Another Aussie. <laughs> another stupid tourist from Australia. Another idiot tourist. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right, all right. Enough tomfoolery. What are we, what are we talking about today? So we're going to chat about how to be unstoppable in business. Mm. Okay, great. So why don't you guys take a quick moment and share a little bit about your story, your guys' background, and really why you want to talk about unstoppableness. Yeah, so we are obviously from Australia. Hi, Aussies. And so taking it way back, we both kind of studied at uni, business, psychology, and we started working teaching positive psychology to corporates and and entrepreneurs. And we were running a business like that for quite a few years. Things were going well. We are starting to see quite a lot of success on the outside. But then I had, I personally had one of those life altering situations, something that kind of forever changes your perspective and clarity. And when I was 27 years old, I was diagnosed with cancer. Hmm. And so it completely came out of nowhere. I had no signs or symptoms and my life went from, you know, building business and, and working to all of a sudden I had 18 months of treatment my fatigue, it's like anyone who's been through something like that will know that the treatment itself is like fatigue that you've never experienced before. But I think more than the actual experience and what we went through, it kind of, like for many people, unearthed this almost like a quarter life crisis in that I, it really caused me to question how I was showing up in my life because it was this confrontation with my mortality and made me have questions rolling around in my head, like had I been brave with my life and had I actually shown up how I wanted to. And so... It was really that kind of big experience. A few years later, we had our children. And I think from my psychology background and our work with people and then just going through this life-altering kind of situations just made me realise on a deep level just how important being able to get back on your feet after something hard and actually go through hard situations is... Mm. Yeah, like, because when I think about it, when it actually happened, like we, our business was running great, you know, things were going really well. And this huge personal event kind of dropped on our life that we hadn't predicted it. We hadn't planned for it, you know, all that sort of stuff. And, you know, the conversation that we want to have today is about, you know, how do you navigate those situations in your life? Yes, we're going to talk about how to navigate business stuff, but it's also like, how do you navigate personal stuff so that it doesn't take you out? So that, because really in the end, I mean, I think a lot of the time, if you can hang in there long enough you'll crack it you'll become successful but I look at so many entrepreneurs they they quit too early yeah they don't hang in there long enough like you look at yourself James you've Mm -hmm. been in it for over you know 10 however long years like like you've hung in there and you eventually cracked it and all these people want to know like what's the secret and if you were to ask me I'd be like I just didn't give up (laughs) I just kept going I didn't stop that's the secret I want to hear some like magic formula something quicker something quicker so That's that's awesome, you guys, and thank you for sh- for sharing. So you guys were together when this this yeah, unfolded we've been in your life for about five years. Yeah. So when we talk about unstoppable, I think for our listener, it's it's about how to bounce back when life knocks you down, even if it's just something like kids and you know being overwhelmed and getting stuck or getting frustrated. But man, something like cancer's got to be like the ultimate life 
knocker downer here. So if you can come back from that. I think what a lot of people don't realize though is there is there is this huge opportunity when something like that happens or any type of pain or unsettling situation or negative emotion because all these things I believe are there to, to teach us something and to share a message with us. And so like what's really important is that we kind of find the purpose there. And if it hadn't been for cancer, we wouldn't be where we are today in terms of the health of our personal relationship, in terms of our family, in terms of our business, in terms of what we're doing. So for that reason, I'm incredibly grateful for the experience because I didn't I didn't run away from it. I processed it and was able to turn it around for something to be good. Now, I know that's something we're going to get into today. So make sure we don't forget yeah. that, that you're going to talk to us about like, because you hear people say, I need to work on this, right? We've heard that like, oh, I should really do some work on that. Or you hear someone who say, oh, I did some work on that. And you're like, what does that mean? Like, yeah. what did I do? And so uh, I think we're going to get into the work that you did to put this experience where it belongs, mm-hmm. which is in your past. It's happened. It's done. It's no more. And as I'm hearing this, and I'm just so excited to get into it, it reminds me, and maybe I'll continue to bring this up as a theme, because first of all, two things. I love that there is this deeper context of where you're coming from in the experience of this, this is going to be a gift and a lesson. I'm curious, you see that now, did you when you were going through it? Were you sitting there going through this going, I'm going to get through this and this is going to be like such a lesson and such a gift? I think I live my whole life with a sense of deep purpose that it's going, everything is going to, is there for my service. Mm -hmm. But I definitely had, I would be non-human if I didn't have multiple days where my emotions went like, this is unfair that this has happened to me. And totally. Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) You have every right to go there. Yes. But I definitely think, I mean, the way that we, the basis that we live our life from and the philosophy is that we're here Uh, our time that we have on earth is for a purpose and that everything that happens to us planned and unplanned is possible to have a meaning. And I, I feel like we could just stop the episode right here and that be the biggest message that I'd want our listeners to get across is that there's something running in the background for certain people that are able to have this level of unstoppableness or resilience. We're able to bounce back and not just bounce back, but bounce back bigger Mm. and stronger is that, in the background, there's this, this knowing, this truth, this idea of there's something I'm meant for bigger than this. Mm. And this is a, just a part of a journey. It's just like if you, you ever walk into a movie theater in the middle of a movie and it's like the cliffhanger, it's like the fight scene. It's like, yes, you're getting a clip. You're getting a snippet of, of a, the most dramatic part of a film, but there's going to be a resolution. It's not permanent that there's something that this is preparing us for like you said there's a lesson there and I have done that later in life with stuff that has come up and it makes for less of those like breakdown moments like I couldn't imagine how I would react and respond and what I would say and go through if I went through the same experience as you but I know it would help I know it would help even just a little to know that like whatever's meant to be is meant to be but if I do make it through this, there's, there's a lesson, there's an opportunity, this is a gift and it's all perspective. And am I going to choose to see it from that perspective or am I going to play the victim? You know? So I love that. And another thing that came up that I hope I can continue to come back to as a reference point for me is that when I was 21, my dad invited me to go to Vietnam with him 
because he, he served three tours in Vietnam and he got invited to be a part of a documentary. It's actually a, a documentary by the Discovery Channel. It's a series called Going Back. And they took 10 or 12 guys, Vietnam vets, and I, I got to come along with them and go back. And so we're talking 30 plus years later and they're going back to the scene of the battle. Like one guy's telling a story at the exact spot where his helicopter went down and crashed. And he's like telling the story of like, oh my gosh, like his co-pilot like dying in the, you know, and you're just hearing these stories. But I got to watch them and observe them. And even as a 21 year old kid and you're still young, I noticed something, 80% of them, the vast majority of them, they were like still in Vietnam mm. in their heads. Like they had not let this go. And even my dad remarked something. One of the guys said something to the effect of like, it's Vietnam. These were the words the guy said per, verbatim, like word for word. He said, it's Vietnam. It's in you, man. It stays with you. Can you imagine like living, like living your life 30 years later? And something that I just can't commend my dad enough is like, he served three tours. He got shot. Wow. You would never know that the guy even went to war, let alone was there for so long because he, he put it behind him. Mm -hmm. And he told me something while we were there is he said, look, me being here was the greatest gift because it said, this is the alternative. I could be living like this. I could end my life here or I can go back home when this is over and I can live the best life possible. Mm -hmm. And it was him and one other guy were really the only two guys that like, you really got a sense of, you know, I'm not trying to do it from a judgy standpoint, but they really got a sense on like they, they put it behind them and they moved on. Mm. I think that's just easier said than done. Yeah. Right. But I think that's something we can go into and explore. Like when we have something like that, that happens in our life. And yeah, because I think, I think we're wired psychologically to recoil from pain. And so when something painful happens in our life, it's not about downgrading the pain. You know, maybe some of you who are listening have been through abuse or you've been through something traumatic like war or even if you're going through something challenging like relationship breakdown or infertility. We have, neurologically, we're wired. So if you put your hand on a hot stove, you're, you, you have neurons in your brain that say pull back really quickly. And so we're not actually wired naturally to engage with what's happening with us and so when we consistently push pain away and we never actually work on it which is what you were saying before we'll get to how what we do is we stay in a perpetual state of just repeating it over and over and over again and so this is essentially we talk about this concept in psychology called resilience which is just a word that says someone's ability to bounce back from a hard situation so anytime something challenging happens we all go through a dip we have negative emotions we have grief we have all that sort of stuff people who have this skill of resilience are able to bounce back again to the level that they were functioning before and even higher than that they're able to turn it into a meaningful positive experience people who get stuck and this is where you see PTSD and all this kind of things where people are really struggling to move through the trauma and the pain and the things that happen to them and look you might be listening to this episode for our listeners and thinking like, well, I've never had any, like I don't have PTSD and I don't have any of these things, but there's a phrase that I use, like to use or an acronym that I like to use. And it's people laugh when I share it on stage and that's PTLD, which is post-traumatic launch disorder. Yeah. And look, it's the same thing. I remember the first launch that I did and it was so big and heavy and str it was very successful. 
but there was so much stress and pain. I was like living for three weeks out of like just coffee and adrenaline for three weeks. And what I noticed after that is even though it was really successful, the last thing I wanted to do was even think about doing something like that again. Just like you touch a stove once. Okay. That hurt. I don't ever want to touch it again. And I found myself noticing that that's how I was approaching that. And I've heard so many people say like, Oh, launches are stressful. Oh, I don't want to do this. Cause, cause in the past it did this to me. And it's interesting. Like I fixed that for myself, but it's interesting that that becomes like this default way of like, therefore I won't touch that again. Therefore I won't look at that again versus like, well, wait a second. Couldn't there be an easier way? Couldn't there be a better way? Wasn't there a lesson here on how this could be better, improved, fixed, et cetera. So yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I think we're, we're naturally wired to avoid pain. Totally. And so when it, whether it's, you know, like you said, launch, launch is the thing. PTLD. Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) That's perfect. (laughs) Yeah. And so it's really easy for us, you know, like I have that even with cancer, like I would have physical, like a physical reaction when I would walk into the hospital for my checkups every year, because I would tell Colin, I'd be like, Oh no, I'm fine. You don't need to come with me. And then I'd be in the room and going, Oh no, he really should have come with me. Mm. (laughs) Because I just think when you've gone through something like that, it it does, it changes you. But I refuse to allow myself to be defined in my life by a negative experience Mm. because like I never wanted to be known as like she was the girl that had cancer. In fact, I even, I, for that reason, I even struggled telling lots of people when we had it because I just like, that's not what I want to do with my life. I don't want to be a cancer woman or whatever the, the thing is. But I think, yeah, I think it's it's a natural thing, but there is a possibility there to turn it into, and it's a transformational process. So even like a metamorphosis process, depending on how big the issue is or the thing is, like what you shared before about a launch, you went through a process of how I can actually make this easy. How can this be a transforming? And you've probably changed the way you approach your business. You approach, you know, the way that you approach a launch because of that internal yes. decision and shift. Yeah. And then having gone through the negative experience taking the time to figure out a better alternative now I can go to people and say hey I can help you with this because I've had the experience and that today for us who are online experts or coaches or teachers this becomes an added layer of context it's like whoa whatever you're going through right now is such an opportunity that this could be the very thing that you, if you're going through it, this could be something that you're solving for others. And even that becomes very motivating, mm. right? To be like, well, wait a second. Like, what if I did fix this? What if I found a better way? What if I found an easier way? Now, not only do I never have to go through this again, but I could start to help other people go through it as well. Mm. And that's how the entrepreneur thinks. I think a true entrepreneur is someone who always interprets problems as possibilities, as opportunities. And we have to be willing to do that. So take us further with this. Where can we go from here? Like, I mean, even what, even what you're saying there, like I think as entrepreneurs, we're very much called to do the things that people won't do so that we can live the life that people want to live. And I think about, you know, our life and, you know, your life and the challenges that you've walked through and actually processed, that gives you the depth to be able to communicate and impart on just another level. Yeah. And you can just sense that immediately when you hear someone talk about a particular topic when they've got actual depth in their world. Totally. Um, For example, like you guys delaying the launch of your podcast. <laughs> oh, didn't think I'd get, didn't think I'd bring it up and call you out on the air. 
Yeah, it's my show. Yeah, it wasn't the right timing. Yeah. <laughs> but this is exactly what Colin is saying here is that I can only notice them procrastinating on this project because I myself spent about six to seven months before saying, I have an idea, I recorded a few episodes, and then watched myself not proceed with it, not launch it. Wow, isn't that interesting? Then it finally did. So now I have among all these other experiences, that one experience that I can call upon when I see someone else doing something similar. And Thanks, Let, let's dive in. Yeah, um, um, you know, so we've launched many other projects successfully. Don't start that. He'll start calling us on yep. excuses. Right, right. You're doing great. You're doing great. No, but I mean, that's also another thing too, is that if I'm going through something today, I'm sitting there going, it's really bizarre, but it's like this experience is adding so much not value to me, but it's giving me like more value supply, value ammo mm. that I'm like, wow, me having gone through this, who else do I get to help with this? Mm. That's awesome. And I, I don't know, maybe I'm just weird that way. But no, I think that like the research actually shows that people who have a defining purpose are able to move through yes. more painful or challenging situations and so the purpose might be knowing that you're meant for more than this the purpose you know of being of service to other people is one of the greatest purposes that we can have in life and so that was definitely going in my mind through all types of challenges that we've gone through we always want to use this to help other people and I think you know when you can just have that in the back of your mind even when you have bad days and even when things aren't working out exactly how you want them to of knowing that it's all going to work getting you to where you're supposed to be and to be able to help people with that. Yeah. And I think that's really fascinating too. Cause I've, I've heard that several times and, and I'm living it that the more I drop down into a place of coming from service, just the more everything works, the more I'm in flow, the more you do the right things and, and in the right ways. And then the business becomes a reflection of that. You know, the results speak for themselves. And something I heard that I'm just is so true is that money is actually the lowest form of motivation mm. and ironically that's what people most people are leading with especially when it comes to starting a business it's about the money and you just look you look around and the people that have staying power the people that have been really successful and stayed successful you know like 99 percent of them either they're some sort of like i don't know psychopath yeah like super vain like maniacal like ego you know, megalomaniac kind of person. <laughs> I'm not saying that about anyone specifically. <laughs> Don't take it out of context. Or you found that they're like, they're living a deeper calling and deeper purpose. And then I wonder like, do you believe that everyone has like a deeper purpose? Because like, I wonder if you say that and you just say like, everyone has one. Well then does someone then go as an objection? Like, well, if everyone has it, is it really that special? You know? Yeah. I do believe that everyone has a calling and a purpose. And I think that we're all supposed to bring something different. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's special. Yeah. It's not special because one's above another. It's special because it's unique. Yeah. I love that. And it, and it's, again, like, then where I go to is, look, we don't, we're not all, like, going to want to be professional basketball players, mm -hmm. you know? So it's really, like, if the desire is in you that's an indicator of where you're supposed to go, you know? So if you sit there and just say like, everyone has this bigger purpose, well, it's not the same purpose as yours. It's not like, oh, everyone should go have a podcast now. And like, we're gonna have 7 billion podcasts and everyone's just too busy recording that no one's gonna listen. It's like, 
<laughs> no, it's just different purposes. Like for someone, it's to be a professional athlete, and for someone else, it's you know. But I love you that you did that very nicely, bringing that back around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, I'll, I'll make a few more references. <laughs> Don't worry. Yeah, well, I think I think this comes up a lot because you know if we're we're in the expert space and people say, well, you know, my expertise is in communication presenting, and I'm like, there's you know, a thousand other people who do that stuff, but they don't do it like me. And I've mm-hmm. got a different message, a different purpose, a different meaning in it. And so I think that the more you get attached to that meaning and the more you remind yourself regularly of that purpose, especially during challenging times, yes. um, the more you come through it. And I know for me, you know, my expertise is in, you know, being on stage and presenting. And I've been through almost everything that could happen on a stage that's bad and the reason why i can teach well from that space is because i've gone through so much yes. stuff and yes. that gives me the depth to communicate but it's funny where people go instead is oh someone else is doing this someone else is already teaching effective communication and speaking and presenting therefore i can't and if we're talking about living and operating from your deepest purpose you're basically saying at this point because someone else is living their purpose, I'm gonna live out the rest of my days and not live my purpose and not launch my podcast. Oh! Oh, wow, wow, wow. Bam, bam, bam. Oh, wow. I was just watching you. (laughs) (laughs) No, but right? Like, okay, because someone else is choosing to- Did you pay out all your best friends? (laughs) (laughs) Look, I warned you, or I didn't warn you actually. I didn't learn him at all. But look, I mean, can't we all agree, right? Like if someone else is doing their thing, why does that mean, okay, I'm not, I guess I'm going to be resigned to live a life where I don't live out my purpose and just be unhappy and miserable. Because you are, you're going to be, not you guys, you're happy, don't worry. I wasn't a jab on you. (laughs) But if we're not, if we're not doing what we, is the like deepest thing inside of us, Mm. like that feeling of just like, this is what I feel compelled to do and you give up on that dream and you say no to that, I have to imagine that eventually you're just like, couldn't even get out of bed in the morning. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I was thinking about it because it's actually my birthday today, which you're yeah. aware of. And I, was, and I was even thinking about today, like the wisdom of growing older. I was thinking, I want to take the wisdom of growing older forward, but I want to carry the childlikeness of play and giving something a totally. go you know in in my life yeah and i think that you know for us like we live in the u.s which you're you were aware of and we only moved about eight months ago and it was probably two years ago that we or maybe a year and a half ago we sat there and we asked ourselves the rocking rocking chair test which is you know if you get to the end of your life you're sitting on a rocking chair would you regret not doing that and for us moving to the u.s that was the question like would we regret it you know despite whether it goes well or not would we just regret it if we didn't give it a go and we're like, yeah, we would. And so embracing that fear, that uncertainty, and there's a whole lot of uncertainty in coming here, but we decided to do it anyway mm-hmm. and face the, the, you know, the opportunity that we had. So, Yeah, and I think too, like that's one of the gifts that come from an experience like cancer is that you get faced with the feeling of regret. And for me, it was never about 
what we had success in or what we failed at. My regrets were around what I didn't try. Wow. And I was completely paralyzed by the fear of people's opinions. Like I didn't move forward at all. Like not even did it scared. I just didn't do it because I was living before cancer. I was living just completely boxed by them. And I think that experience made me realize, you know, it still made me scared when we would take steps and risk, but it just made me realize how powerful that feeling is when you get to the end. It's actually, you actually care about, was I in the game? Did I actually try? Yeah. And that is crazy because we don't, we're not wired to be thinking about the end, you know, and, and it's fascinating when you have those moments and I'll, we'll probably have that moment for someone here listening. We're like the brain, when you're in a normal operating, kind of like walking through life and it kind of hit dazed hypnotic state, you're not fixated at that. Like this is a fixed time mm. and we only have so much time and that there's going to be an end. Mm. And for you to like shift that perspective, even just every once in a while to that place and be like, is this something I would regret? I, that's powerful. Because mm. as soon as you guys brought that up, I'm sitting there going, man, if I asked that about anything, I would say, yes, I would regret it if I didn't do it. I got to do all the things. Like, why not? You know, it's yeah. like we look and how old are you now, Colin? 37. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just a few years behind you. And it's like, man, that's, just, we're already been here for like 30 plus years of our life. Like is this halfway through? Like who knows, you know, right. And it could be more than halfway and it really gets you to start thinking. Yeah. Well, I think time definitely helps a lot. Like I know when, you know, Sarah was going through her stuff and she always asked me this when we're going through stuff as well. She's like, how much will this matter three years from now? How much will this matter 10 years from now? How much will this matter three decades from now? Mm -hmm. And a lot of the time, like it gives you perspective because perspective is like so crucial for you having the mental ability to come, to come through it and the emotional resilience to come through it. So I think time, helps hugely and, and it's, it's a huge motivator when you ask that question of like you know you get to the end of your life would you regret not doing that and all of a sudden that becomes more painful than the pain of facing the thing that you don't want to face right now to actually create a new experience in your life because what you know is comfortable right now everything you know is comfortable everything that you want and desire in your life is the unknown and until you enter the unknown or until you start feeling uncomfortable in your life, you're actually not entering the unknown. Right. And what's something that's really cool, one of my friends who's a, a psychologist says, he goes, it's this beautiful, simple model. And he says that people who are successful in life, they go from the known to the unknown. And then that they stay there long enough for it to become the new known. Mm-hmm. And when it becomes the new known, then that becomes their known. Yep. And then people say, oh, wow, how did you create that in your life? And well, they had to go through a whole lot of unknown mm-hmm. for it to become the and new And I known. love too what Sarah said is when she looked at the end of her life and said, is this something I would regret? It wasn't about, which is just so fascinating, having accomplished it or having done it. It's the regret of not choosing to try it Mm -hmm. yet so here you are from the perspective of the end of your life the biggest fear is that you didn't go after it Mm. but in this perspective us in this moment of the time of this recording in 2018 it's so much this lens of well what if it fails what if it doesn't work and it's funny how at the end of your life that it's not about whether it failed or worked or not it was that did you go after it Mm. And it is, it's that unknown, it's that uncertainty, it's that, well, I've never done it before. And it's fascinating. And I'm going to bring my beautiful wife into this, who I didn't ask her permission for this example, (laughs) but when she listened to this live for the first time, (laughs) I love you. And this is not bad at all, but we were talking just the other day and uh, I'm going to be surfing in Fiji for a week. Yeah. Lucky me. I'm so pumped. 
Yes. Yes. I'm going to cloud break. Good. I'm so pumped. So, well, she's like, well, screw it. I'm going to do my own stuff. And she's going to go visit some friends. She's going traveling and she's going to be in New York and she's going to be there by herself for a night. And she said, I'm kind of getting nervous. I've never been to New York by myself before. I've always been with you. And I just kind of pointed out to her, I was like, isn't that interesting that it's like from her language, it was like she was trying to talk herself out of this thing she'd never done before. It was like there was a meaning attached to, I haven't done this thing before, therefore I probably shouldn't. Like maybe I shouldn't go. Like I've never gone by myself. I've never been there by my own. And it's like, no, I think that's what we need to be leaning into. Mm-hmm. It's like, I haven't done this before, therefore I, I must. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I should. It's the uncertain. Yeah. Well, but I, I think can, that's when we really are like living life. You, you can never experience anything new in your life until you feel uncomfortable. <sighs> Ain't that and, the truth. And so, you know, whether it be doing a new launch or launching a new program or stepping on stage for the first time, like you won't experience growth in your life until you step into the yeah. unknown. And that's moving through the process of the, you know, processing the challenge of, of it all. Mm-hmm. But it's exciting. It's, it's really exciting. So one, you know, if this conversation is about how to be unstoppable, one thing I'm hearing is don't let the uncertain be the thing that stops you. Is that go into the uncertain, go into the unknown, because that's when you'll get new results. That's when you can create new outcomes and new experiences. Do not expect something new by doing the same thing and by the way we're like creatures of habit like so much right do you guys start noticing how much of the same things you do like every day i don't but you probably do. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's edit that part out <laughs> okay but so i have this idea and this is i've i've been waiting i've been had this idea yes, stop it stop it <laughs> you only speak when spoken to colin i look i've had this idea and i'll just share it now and i think i'm going to turn it into like a podcast segment but i notice how easy it is to get into these routines of like doing the same thing like brushing your teeth the same way like doing all the same things the same way i want to create the wheel of destiny it's either like a raffle like pull a thing out of a hat or like it's an actual wheel and everything on the wheel is something completely random and different that i've never done before and make every day that's what i start my day with you spin it and it could be like go high five five random strangers on the beach today so really healthy productive stuff for your business Hey, <laughs> I can find a way to market that. Dude, no, no, it'll work. It'll but work. you know what I mean? Like just no, no, to get totally. us to force us. You get used to feeling uncomfortable. Exactly. Yeah. Otherwise, it's so easy to just be, to logically convince ourselves we don't have the time. We've got this other stuff we need to do. Let's keep doing what we've always been doing because that's safe. That's certain. It's in our comfort zone. It's, it's logical. It's realistic. Well, it's how our brain's wired. So the part of the brain that takes care of all our routines and our habits is our one part of the brain. And that anything that we do that's uncomfortable, that's new, that's out of the box is part of our prefrontal cortex. With that part of the brain requires so much more energy to function that the brain can't physically function outside of its comfort zone. So it almost screams at you. So when you start doing things that are uncomfortable, it's using too much, well, the brain believes too much energy. And so it's trying to move you back into what's comfortable, which is your routine, which is why every time you try to create a new habit or something new in your life or a new experience, you're going to feel that resistance because Mm -hmm. neurologically your brain's actually working against you. And so literally just having the ability to say, okay, like my brain's not my friend today because I'm doing something new and feel the feelings and notice the thoughts, but it doesn't mean that they have to control you. Then you actually get to establish new 
experiences and new routines in your life. Yes. I love that. Like it's, it's inevitable. It's inevitable that that thing that you want to do that you don't have yet, that thing that you want to experience that you haven't experienced yet is going to be outside your comfort zone. So it means it's going to be uncomfortable. And I love having a reference to the brain. It's just like, it's just trying to conserve its calories and conserve its energy. So that's fantastic. So what else, where do you want to take us next, Sarah, in terms of like, let's, yeah, let's have a chat about the house. There are just a few steps that like, I think are really great resources. They're very simple things and you might be doing them intuitively anyway, but are just really important when you go through a challenge or something even painful. Mm -hmm. Um, So the first one is to embrace the pain or embrace the negative emotion. And I know that sounds really counterintuitive for most people. Can we just bury it? Can we just push it down? (laughs) Yeah. So I think especially when you're in business and you're used to pivoting quickly and, you know, jumping onto the next thing and not getting drowned in your emotions. And also too, you understand that you attract who you are. So you don't want to stay in a negative emotional space. Mm -hmm. We tend to not even acknowledge what's going on with us and we just move on to the next thing. And we push our emotions away. And sometimes that's a helpful strategy. If we're, you know, running a live event or something, that's what we have to do. But if we do that consistently, what we're doing is we're pushing away something that never goes away. And so pain doesn't disappear until it's been resolved. And so I believe that in every negative emotion, there's a message. So they, they basically did some research and they found what was the most beneficial way of dealing with emotions. What decrease the stress in your body how do you actually become less emotional and what they found was that venting which is when you talk about the same thing over and over and over again and over and over and over again that increases your emotions around a situation but interestingly what they also found is that when you suppress it which is you know I don't know if you live with anyone like this but say you're you know you're at home and maybe your spouse comes in the door and you can just tell from their whole energy that they haven't had a good day and you ask them oh how are you and they're like I'm fine and then you say no no no. what's actually going on well you don't just say oh you're fine they must be fine they're telling the truth and she's taking this from a study this never happened (laughs) this never (laughs) You don't have any real world experience (laughs) of this happening in your life. This never happens in our house. (laughs) But that suppression, what they actually found was even worse than venting. Because they found that it increased the stress in not only the person who was handling the emotion, but it increased the emotional response of everyone that they were interacting with. And so literally the strategy that that you use to decrease the emotion is called labeling, which is literally just giving language to your emotions. It is acknowledging where you're at so it's not wanting to stay there but it's you know maybe you'll say I feel really frustrated because how my launch went or I feel sad because I didn't hit my goal and it's not about staying in that and venting about and obsessing over it over and over again but your ability to bring language to it is critical to help you have the perspective to not be controlled by it this is powerful and I, and I love this. So the first thing is why I believe venting doesn't work is because if we look at things like law of attraction if we want to bring that into it you know, your thoughts create your reality and like thoughts attract more light thought, like thoughts. So if I say one venting thought and there's an emotional reaction to it, now I have this electromagnetic charge to that, like he's an asshole. And then that's going to include, create another one and another one. And we're going to be increasing it. So now you're not just mad about this launch. You're mad about your dad and yeah. you know, the, the guy that <laughs> parked in your driveway and all these other things, right? And you just find yourself way more up 
upset. And I've seen that. So I would say then that venting is where your emotions increase. The negative emotional state intensifies where suppresses would be almost like the opposite, where that whole concept, that whole idea of what you resist persists. So it's trying to push away. When you push something away, it's just going to push right back. Yeah. But labeling is this third option where... I, I, I'm just interpreting what I hear from you guys and from what's worked for me is this is like choosing to acknowledge and accept your present emotional state without adding or layering a judgment on top of it. Yeah, like absolutely. giving yourself permission to be a human being yeah. that has human emotions and a whole range of emotions. Yeah. And something I learned that really helped me a long time ago, because as a for our Myers Briggs fans, being a little bit of an INTJ robot growing up, <laughs> <laughs> like does not compute. Um, <laughs> I was like in my mind, just like emotions are bad. Yeah. And I remember hearing something a long time ago that you can only feel as good as you felt bad if that makes sense so like if you want to feel really good like a whole another level of just like joy and bliss you can't actually feel that height if you haven't experienced Mm -hmm. the exact opposite of that Mm -hmm. because it's the contrast that allows you to really experience one and the other Mm -hmm. and so that I think allowed me to have a little bit more permission and grace and acceptance for the entire range of human emotions to even be in a crappy emotional state and be like, well, this isn't permanent and I can get through this. And then there's going to be something so amazing on the other end of that, the other end of the spectrum. Yeah. I think like something comes up for me there. I think people run two patterns. It's disassociation and association. And so they get disassociated, which is denying that it's actually happening or they get associated where they just, completely embody it and just you know bicker about everything and it's like this nice space in between where you actually acknowledge the emotion this is what i'm feeling at the moment Mm -hmm. you know and you might need a bit of time to process it and that's okay yeah um but it's that yeah that acknowledgement that space in between Mm -hmm. yeah it's like what you were saying before like it's normal to feel sad if something sad happens our emotions are just a response in our body to situations that we go through they don't have to control our life they're sometimes just a signal and so you're a normal human being If you had a frustrating experience, you feel frustrated. That's a good thing. If you don't feel those emotions, like you said before, you might be a psychopath. So it's not about trying to, you know, become a robot or or even think that if I'm a strong, internally strong person, that I'm just going to push through everything and nothing's going to affect me. That's not what strength is. Strength is the, the ability to acknowledge it and sit with it and not allow it to define you. Yes. Or become like permanent. Exactly. Right. So it's not about avoiding getting knocked off the horse because that strategy would involve staying in your cushy little comfort zone. Mm. Like, look, if you want to never feel negative emotion, great. Just sit on your couch, watch Netflix and eat Cheetos. And like, you're probably going to, and like make that your life. It's probably going to be pretty cushy for a while, but it's us doing those bigger things like the failed presentation on stage where you know Colin gets booed off stage or whatever happens <laughs> to you. actually has happened? that happened no <laughs> you said you said everything oh yeah sorry I haven't I haven't experienced that but maybe maybe we can organize that after uh, <laughs> let's well, what I did audience. Well, well what I anyways my point was that if you when you're up to bigger things like you're gonna have things not go your way all the time oh. and that's what's gonna cause some of these upsets for most of us and so just even acknowledging that that's part of the process is huge so I love this and it's not permanent, mm. you know? So I'd love as we continue, can we use like a specific example? Maybe it is Colin getting 
was it rotten food thrown at you or (laughs) it's his birthday i gotta give him a hard time what what is a specific example we could use of and preferably in the context of business where maybe something happened in life or happened in business and it's like you know really dropped us to our knees or whatever do you guys have anything yeah i think when we were in um back in australia it was probably was when our son was born. So five years ago, we were running a really successful consultancy speaking business and we were getting overbooked. And while we looked very successful on the outside, we were dying because we were in a time for money model and we were burning out. And so this was a time that we were experiencing a lot of negativity and we were experiencing a lot of negative emotions. And so the way that you know, we dealt with that was to label it, to just to talk about it, to not make it bigger than it was. I also really advocate journaling as a way of, you know, you don't have to like, not like a dear diary journal, but almost just like, you can just get a scrap piece of paper if you want, just to get the negativity out and then throw it away. Mm-hmm. And that was a way that we helped navigate. Cause a lot of times you can get really just obsessed with your feelings and not be aware of what it's trying to show you, you know, because all of the time, you know, in this situation, it was trying to show us that we needed to change. And it was actually sending us a message that our business model was wrong. And so if we'd pushed away the emotion completely, we would have never transformed the way that we do business. But at the same time, if we become completely obsessed over it, we might've even made silly meanings like we shouldn't do business at all or, you know, whatever. And so that labeling is accepting it without... Yeah. yeah, it's taking meaning, the right meaning from it. Yeah, and if I were to give an example, I've shared this story before, so our listeners will be familiar with it. And this is where the month that we got our news back from our CPA that our expenses were higher than our revenue. And it was just like, there was such a visceral reaction, like physically dropped me to my knees because where I was going with that, you know, your mind just goes to the darkest places. Like this is the beginning of the end. It's all going away. And I'd realized that I had some fear that this wasn't going to last. And this is now evidence that confirms that. And holy cow. And I do remember that there was, there was actually an image in my mind that I saw and it was an image of a tunnel and it was a dark tunnel. And I saw myself in that tunnel, but I said, but at least I can see there's a little bit of light at the end. And so it became this conversation in my mind of do I keep going the lights at the end and I know I mean it's going to take something it's not going to fix itself overnight and I'm going to have to do something different but do I keep going or do I stop do I give up and it was just that knowing that there is a little bit of light at the end that it was like I'm going to keep going you know and that goes back to that context right of like the deeper meaning that this through line of there's a lesson here for me, a lesson to change, a lesson to grow, a lesson for a bigger opportunity. Mm. I think out of all of this, that's such an important, you can't not have that in the background and expect to endure something that can be like just rock your foundation. That's you know, yeah. my opinion. So where do we go from here? Well, yeah, well, that was my next point, actually. You really have to have a vision of your future Mm -hmm. and you need to be able to have this in front of you and it needs to be clear and something that's inspiring for you. And we put it up on our wall. We we write up every year, we write our goals and we have like, I know you've talked before about doing vision boards and that sort of stuff. And so really what it is, it comes back to keeping in front of you like a place beyond what you're going through. Mm And it's, it's moving your mind's focus just from what's in the details right in front of you to what could actually be in your future. Yes. I think that's so important. And 
I think, and I think I got this from my dad because I was like, man, it talks to the guy. It's like, it's like Vietnam never existed for him where you see these other people that were in the same spot as him at the same time. And it was like, they're still in Vietnam 30 years later is I've just noticed that I'm always future oriented. Like it doesn't even matter what happened yesterday today it has nothing to do with what i'm gonna do right now mm. it has no bearing i could have had a failed webinar a failed launch a failed whatever it's not gonna have anything to do with what i'm going after next mm. you know and that's because it's i'm focused on moving forward yeah. on the future the vision it's so true like because because so like where your focus is your your energy goes where your yeah. focus is your feeling goes and you can literally within half a second focus on something negative in your life and instantly feel that visceral like if you know if i ask you to go you know think about one area that you're not happy with and if you focus on that literally in like a quarter of us not like instantly even even just in the question you're already assuming that there's an area that's unhappy and then i'm just agreeing exactly. to that so i go okay what am, where am i not not happy yeah and like you know focus on what contribution do you get to make to this world or focus on who's who's someone that you've impacted in your life before what are you grateful for like just shift your focus you instantly start you know vibrating yeah. on a different level yeah. and feeling better and we we just did this on the last episode i had my listeners do a little assignment of sharing or writing down something they're grateful for that hasn't happened in their life yet mm. that is such a powerfully simple and effective method mm. that just aligns with think thank you for this thing that hasn't shown up yet that i'm already grateful for mm. that's huge any more you want to the last one is just reframing and so reframing is your mind's ability to see the same situation from a different perspective yes and so it's the ability to change the context and to change to look at it from different angles and so some great questions could be i think colin mentioned before like how much is this going to matter in three years five years ten years what's the good and the bad mm. What's the opportunity that I'm not seeing here right now? Mm -hmm. And it's the actual situation that you're going through may not have changed, but you're beginning to look at it from a different perspective. And that's actually found that particular strategy, neuroscientists have found that it activates a part in the brain they call the brain's braking system. So like a car, you've got an accelerator and a brake. And so when you have an emotional response or a stress response, by what you choose to do with that, you can press the accelerator and make it bigger and make it huge, or you can press the brake. And these strategies that we're talking about here, all of them have been found in mind, in like brain imaging studies to press the part of the brain that's the braking system. I have said for years that there is a direct correlation with your skill, your mastery, your ability to reframe anything and everything in your life and the level of success and happiness that you have in your life. I, I think if people just sat down and mastered this, I mean, it's such a simple, but at the same time, like, I don't know, it's, there's like an art to it, mm. but unbelievable. And I feel like that's something I've been able to do for a very long time because I just don't let that much bug me. And a lot of people ask like, how are you doing that? And it's just like, I think first I'm coming from a place of anything and everything is a frame and there's multiple frames for it anyway. So it's just about, I'm going to sit there with the situation and put a new frame on until it feels good. Mm. And I'll try 50 frames on something until I find one that fits and feels great. And an example I've given in the past, so I'll share it here in case you guys haven't heard it, is the short version of the story. I don't know if you've ever experienced this, Colin, but I got surf raged where I was surfing and there's a guy like literally wanted to like kick my ass in the water and he could have because this guy was like just a lethal dude, <laughs> like was putting people in the hospital. He had a bad reputation. 
And so like, I just like, okay, like back down and whatever. And I remember like my ego and my pride after that for the rest of the day felt so bruised and just like, I couldn't, I was just so hooked on it. And what was the frame that I was hooked by was this like, how dare someone talk to me and why couldn't I stand up for myself? And like, it was all about that, you know, and just like, why, why couldn't I say something back and blah, blah, blah. And I just kept replaying it over and over. And I was like, I got to get, I can't even move past my day. So that's also another thing, right? Is like how much we're just replaying the incident over and over and over. And it's a, it might've happened yesterday, but it's still affecting us the same today, a day later. But I was, I was playing it over and over again, but I, I was playing it over with an intention. I was saying, it was just like, you know, like in the, in the like detective movies where they're like playing the, the video over and over. And then he finally pauses it and he notices something. Yes. That's exactly what happened to me. Cause he said a phrase to me he said something it's like he's like you don't even give a about me it's like he's like you cut me off it's like you don't even give a about me and I remember playing that in my mind like five or six times I'm like what a peculiar thing to say why would someone say a complete stranger is sitting there saying you don't give a about me and in that moment this light bulb pops up and I said holy cow this is how this guy experiences life is that no one gives a about him and that reframe or the, the reframe that was created was, this isn't about me. This isn't about this guy needs to respect me or I didn't do something or blah, blah, blah. This is about a poor guy that's entire life. This is how he experiences life is that no one gives a shit about him. Now the result, the conclusion of the story is that he committed suicide just a few weeks later. And it's a really sad and, you know, really tragic story. And, you know, I started hearing like, how his mom or his dad had abandoned him, like all these things. And it's like so sad. And it's like, here I was like pride and ego bruise and like making it all about me. And then of course it's ruining my day. Mm. And all that was, was a shift in perspective, number one, but it was also a shift in perspective of like some compassion Mm. and understanding. And that today it becomes like one of the biggest reframes for me too, as a go-to is like putting myself in someone, the person, other person's shoes and coming from a place of compassion. But I just think that is such a critical art and skill Mm -hmm. that most people aren't even taking the time Mm -hmm. to realize that the reason you're upset, the reason you're angry is because you've chosen a frame that just Mm -hmm. is saying something about your vision, Mm -hmm. right? A lot of times it's like, because this thing happened, I'm now telling a story that I can't do my vision. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be, and that's going to upset anybody. Mm -hmm. Because your your emotions that you experience aren't a reflection of the situation because two people can go through the same situation and have very different emotional responses. It's purely down to the meaning that we're making. And we always have control over the meaning. You know, many people probably would have read the book by Viktor Frankl, Man's Search for Meaning. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no matter what we're going through, the absolute worst thing that you can think of that you have no control over whatsoever, you will still always have control over how you're choosing to view the situation. And I completely agree. I believe it's the foundation and the fundamental skill that we need for success, not just in business, but in anything. Totally. Absolutely. So is that it? That's three things we're looking at. To recap really quickly, which I love this first step, it's not about resisting because what you resist persists and it's not about venting, but this embracing of the pain, choosing to fully feel it and experience. That's something that both Chelsea and I practice and she's dealt with like anxiety in the past and just to like sit there with it. And it's, it's amazing how it can just dissolve in an instant when you, you don't 
come from this place of, I don't want to feel this. This is uncomfortable. Get this, please stop this. And just like, wait, stay with it. And so to use the word Jesus to start to label it, put words to it, to acknowledge it without trying to intensify it. And then step number two, operate from the vision that you have. And we should always, always have a bigger vision of the future, even no matter where we're at. Cause then there's this deadly place that we don't want to go called no man's land where you're not driven by wanting to get out of a painful situation and you're not driven either by a new desirable future. You're kind of just in this like, eh, I'm fine. I'm happy. And that's something that also happened to me when, when we did our first big launch for video track Academy and all these results come in and you're like, wow, I didn't, I hadn't thought of anything bigger than that. Mm-hmm. I hadn't dreamed any further than this. This was it. This was all I was focused on. And now it came and what next is that the end? Is that it? And now today, like there's glimpses and visions of what 10 and 20 years look like for me. So there's always going to be more, always more that's like stretching me and getting me excited about a, not just a one year future, but a 20 year future. And then number three, what I'm going to call the art of the reframe, Mm -hmm. being able to choose a new frame until it feels good. So I love that. Awesome. Yeah. Anything else you guys want to share? Anything else that's, that's coming up? And we're good. We're good. Okay. So this has been amazing and we can start to practice this no matter mm-hmm. what the situation is, no matter what we're, what we're going through. What we don't want to do is suppress it. What we don't want to do is ignore it. And what we definitely don't want to do is let it stop us. Mm-hmm. Some questions that I've always used in the reframing is what is this preparing me for? What is this here to teach me? I love that. What is this honing me for? How is this strengthening me? I always ask my clients when I used to do a lot of coaching was, what's great about this? And I love that. That pees people off so much because it just goes to the core of them finding something useful and helpful in it. And most Um, of the times it pisses them off because they want to be like righteous in their anger. They want to be a victim. Yeah. Yeah. And it causes you to actually look at the situation completely differently. Um, But And they always discover something. Uh, Always. Yeah. Always. So that's huge. Okay. Any, any final words, any, anything um, you want to share in order to call this complete? I know we have something you guys are really excited that you're working on. So I want to, I want to talk about that. Um, And it's your Kickstarter project for your book. You guys want to share a little bit about that? Yeah. So I think it was this experience that we went through with cancer and then just redefining what was important to us and then having children made us just realize no one's teaching children these concepts, you Mm -hmm. know, like, I mean, I know you are very passionate about this topic, but our children are not what we have found to be successful in life, like the, the right mindset and how to navigate negative emotions or how to find the right meaning or following your intuition. No one's actually, school doesn't teach them this. And so that really got us passionate about this new project where we're, we're creating children's books that teach these concepts in metaphor stories. And so, yeah, we've got our first Kickstarter project. It's coming up. I think by the time this goes live, it's five days to go. Okay. Five days to go. Yeah, we're trying to get our very first book funded. And it is a story about teaching children what courage is. So Mm -hmm. we all know in running a business that courage is pretty much everything. (laughs) And so it's actually just redefining what courage looks like. I can't 
tell you the amount of times that Colin and I have been told like, oh, I wish I could do what you do. Like if I just wasn't as scared, I'd do what you would do. And I just think, do you yeah. think that we or don't must, feel It must fear? be easier or yeah. you guys mustn't get scared as much, you know, and it's like, no, we feel all the fear. You just do it anyway. And so the, the core message of the first book is, is around that courage is not the absence of fear. It's feeling the fear about choosing to do it anyway. And Ugh. that's what courage is. And kids need to learn that. that and and we're, we talk about that on the podcast. And it's like adults are learning that for the first time. And it's like, imagine what, what is possible when your kids are learning that from such a young age that, as you know, from a neuroscience, like they're so much more open and so much more like ready to learn and receive and then ingrain that on such a deep level versus hearing that for the first time in your thirties or your forties. Mm. Cause it isn't, it's not taught anywhere. Well, adults are just children with better excuses. <laughs> yeah. So we just really? come up with, <laughs> with better excuses. Oh my yeah. gosh. Ain't that the yeah. truth? Yeah. So the book's called the, the boy who stood up tall mm. and it's based around, it's based in neuro, like proven neuroscience techniques for teaching kids how to choose courage in their life. Yeah. And so the boy who stood up tall. Yeah. Is, um, yeah, we're really, really proud of it and the quality of it and everything. So it's exciting. Yeah, I think that our children are growing up in a different world and I think totally. what, what they need for success in the future is not what even we necessarily needed. And I just completely agree with you. In all our work with clients, we would teach them these concepts and they would say in their 30s and 40s and 50s, I wish I knew this I know. in my childhood because really when you think about it, these are the core skills that we need to live a fulfilling and successful life. And so that's our passion is to help to equip the next generation with it. Yeah, it was funny. I, I, I saw an Instagram post the other day and I, I think you would have liked this, James. It said like what you don't learn in school, like how to start and run a business, how to manage your emotions, how to like... Um, how to pay your taxes. How to pay your taxes. <laughs> it's like, okay, so everything you need to be successful is what you don't learn in school. Yes, like how to yeah. communicate with other human beings. Exactly. Most people and still today, and this is some of our listeners, do not know how to communicate with other human beings. They do not know how to communicate their emotions. They do not... Like some, most people don't even know how to communicate a simple request and how to get a compliance to a request and like they think they asked someone for something but you actually didn't it'd be like that'd be great if i could if you could like give me some help with that and it's like but you didn't actually ask them for help you just like said a statement that would be great if you know (laughs) these are things we're not taught they definitely not taught and some of us are fortunate to be in opportunities and experiences like you know, being the captain of a football team gives you some leadership skills, but like it's not taught in the classroom. And so you guys know, I'm very proud of you guys and very excited about this because I've always been passionate, had a soft spot for definitely like the young entrepreneurial generation. And we are entering a new time and it's going to take a completely different set of skills, you know, emotional intelligence, like you wouldn't believe. And there isn't enough of this, you know, taught. So I don't have kids but we still invested in the Kickstarter. And so I'm going to really encourage you guys, if you have kids, if you know anyone who has kids, just grab the book. We'll link it all up in the show notes so you guys can go. Is there like a, do you guys have a link too that we can say on the air? Yeah, resilient. Uh, so resilient little hearts forward slash book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what, how much can we get the book for? So the book's on special at the moment for $32. Yeah, it's at $32, $35. With with each book also has like an online library of resources for parents. So like short, really short training videos to help. A lot of parents feel like they don't know how to have conversations with their children Mm. about these important topics. And so it's not just a book. We're wanting to put a resource in a family Mm. to help parents and children understand all these concepts. I love it. And again, we're going to link that up in the show notes. It's so exciting. And I just think this is so needed. And uh, I love too that we can do like 
all these other projects. Like, mm-hmm. because we have these successful businesses, we can go start a passion project yeah, that we know is going to, we can impact and help even more people. So mm-hmm. awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Mate, I just wanted to thank you. And, um, you know, we're so grateful for being in your life and I appreciate you. Oh, shucks. To us. Yeah. So I'm really grateful. Awesome. Yeah. You guys are amazing. Thank you. Any final words, any last parting words of wisdom for someone who's maybe they're the person that listened to this episode that just needed to hear what you guys had to say. What would be the last kind of final thoughts as they go back into the world and live their life and run their business? Well, I think we only touched on it before, but I would really say like, don't compare your desires and your journey to anyone else. I think it's one of the most debilitating things that we can do is look around and see what everyone else is doing because we never ever come out of that process and feel good about ourselves. And so social media can be an awesome tool, but it can also be something that's almost like a cancer in the sense of the way that it destroys how your confidence and and your mind about things. Because the truth is no one's ever going to do what you're going to do. And that very thing that you're fearful of, but really care about doing is actually probably what you're supposed to be doing. And so I just really encourage any person to just really have confidence in what their purpose and their vision is because I just know that it's always there for a reason. I think you've said before, but I, I don't have any desire whatsoever to be an Olympic athlete. It's never been something mm-hmm. that's like come up for me or, you know, but the things that I feel like I want to do in my future, that's the only, I never compare myself to Olympic athletes. I never watch the Olympics and think, geez, like I really cannot run as fast as them. But the people I compare myself to are people who are doing things that I want to do. And so actually just taking that as a sign that it's meant for you is really important. You know what's another, because this is, a, I couldn't agree more but you know what's funny is if we dig deep enough the only reason we want to do things and have things and experience things is because it we think it's going to make us feel a certain way and so that's all that really matters is how you feel moment to moment and that's ironically not something you can really compare to somebody else because we don't really know how someone else is truly feeling but isn't that funny that we're out like what's so important is is how we feel and our disposition and even if we don't want to acknowledge that, but there we are comparing ourselves to the thing that doesn't even matter anyways. Mm. And then being unhappy and miserable about it. Yeah. Like we're so screwed up. Like, aren't we? <laughs> it's not like we, we don't, we all do it. We know we shouldn't, you know, it's like, you know, that flame is hot. Don't touch it. Oh, you touched it. What were you thinking? Yeah. But it's just, we're so messed up and we forget that they're human beings yeah. and we assume that like, if everyone's life looks awesome on the outside, mm. they're feeling awesome on the inside mm-hmm. and it's not always the truth. Mm. It's usually not. It's usually not. Like just go look at celebrities and the rehab and the, the tragic lives that they yeah. tend to live, you know? Yeah. 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 I mean, I just want to encourage the listeners that, you know, as they go forward even into this week that, you know, if they find something come up in their world that they were supposed to go through it, it's something that they can actually work through themselves and they do have the... In- we always f- discover that we've got more internal resource than we even think. And I think these little tools and so forth can really help to reframe, to recreate, to relaunch yourself on a deeper level into your next level. So, I love it. Yeah, it's exciting. Colin and Sarah Boyd, thank you guys so much. Thanks for having us. Love you, man. All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Mind Your Business podcast. We'll see you all on the next episode. Take care. Did you know eight out of 10 businesses fail within their very first 18 months? 
I believe being an entrepreneur means unlearning everything that we've been taught our entire lives about what it really means to be successful, which is why I've created a brand new audio program entitled Activate. I wanna show you how to think, act, and behave like the successful entrepreneur that you were meant to be. So you can step into the vision that you have for your life and your business. And the best part is this program is yours absolutely free. To register right now, simply visit www.jameswedmore.com forward slash activate and we can get started right now.